I now call this meeting of the Amateur Detective Club to order. I'm Tyler Riley, cop and a half. I'm Melissa Maley, the spy. And I'm Tristan Miller, the sleepy sleuth. I'll explain later. <laughs> Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash adcpod and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a title free and start listening. It's that easy. Go to audibletrial.com slash adcpod. So the reason I'm sleepy sleuth is I woke up 20 minutes ago because my alarm didn't go off or I slept through my alarm rather. And so a fun game for you folks at wherever you're listening to this is um, realizing at what point the coffee I'm drinking is going to kick in. And when all of a sudden I become, I have a personality. It should be fun. <laughs> yeah, Tristan does not have a personality. It is all coffee. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's like I either have 0.5 of a personality or 3.5 of a personality. There's no in between. What's on the, what's the scale? Normal, you, like a one is a personality. You know, oh, one I is see. normal. Like okay. I either have half a personality or three and a half a personality. And there's, there's no... There's nothing between. Um, Great. So 0.5 to 3.5 in just one cup of coffee. That's yeah, that's impressive. And that's the magic of Folgers, folks. But yeah, so I'm 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 not exhausted. I'm just confused. Um, but do we have a book now? We 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 finished our book. Oh, to on Audible. Oh, to recommend on Audible. Okay. Yeah. Do we have a Do we have a book to recommend the folks? Find um, folks at wherever. I have one that I just downloaded that a lot of people seem to be reading that I don't know what it's even about. Oh. And I'm it's finding the Bible. Out <laughs> it's weirdly it's the Bible. Oh boy. <laughs> um, uh. A lot of people are reading the Southern Book Club's Guide to Slaying Vampires. By Grady oh, Hendrix. Oh, I've heard of this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I downloaded that. Um, and the summary says, fried green tomatoes and steel magnolias meets Dracula. So, uh, And it's about a women's book club in the 90s. That does sound great. I'm glad I randomly downloaded that on seeing that it's been recommended by people. <laughs> um. I recently downloaded, uh, and I'm about to start, uh, Song of Solomon by Toni Morrison. Mm. From my understanding, a classic. Yeah. Very short book as well, which will be a nice reprieve from our dear friend, Wilkie Collins. Um, Tyler, are you reading anything? Oh, I also have the Peter Falk biography waiting for me at my local library. So I get to read that. Um but that's physically. Are you reading anything? I know you don't like the audiobooks. Yeah. Um, I am trying to make my way through the Cemetery of Forgotten Books series. What is that? Um, it's on our list, like that one list that we okay. have. It's like it's a mystery book by Carlos Ruiz Zafon. Uh, there are four books in the series, and they can be read out of order. Oh, cool. Which I find really interesting. Like, you don't have to read it in the order that it was published. You can kind of just pick your own adventure. Nice. That nice. makes me very nervous. Same here. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm planning oh. to read them in order, but you don't have to. So we are talking about the Series 5, Episode 4... <laughs> of Agatha Christie's Poirot that we watch on the Brit Box. So, this episode is entitled The Case of the Missing Will. The Case of the Missing Will, which is based off of a short story of the same name. Which Tristan and I have read. Yes. So, it opens on a New Year's party in 1926 in England. Um, and it looks really fun. 
there's a lot of champagne flowing and there's people all around and celebrating together. And children that should be in bed because it is way too late for them to be up. And they're at the banister, I hardly know, are looking down at the party. (laughs) Yes. Uh, And so we're following a character, an older character named Andrew. And he, for some reason, on New Year's Eve decides that it's a great idea to talk about his updated will. And his ward, Violet, apparently has been completely left out of the will. And there is a lady who is about his age, whose name is, I eventually wrote it down, Campion, Miss Campion. And Miss Campion's like, you really need to put Violet in your will. What are you doing? And uh, she accuses him of being a misogynist and... uh, she says you have you had to stop yourself from saying she's only a woman and he pulls yeah. this face like well yes it's like you got yeah. me yeah um and of course little violet is one of those kids listening from the stairs now where do all these children come from I didn't follow. Well, when a man and a woman love each other very much. Yes, but which man and woman? <laughs> it seems like there's just three random kids in this house. Well, that's part of the plot, Melissa. Well, is it? Okay. Well, I was confused. I feel like we jumped time from the first. Yeah, we do. Okay. We did. Great. So yeah, that explained they... the children for me because they yeah. grown now. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Peter is the groundskeeper. And then um, I just don't remember their... Their names. Robert Sidway is the the son of John Sidway, who is the family lawyer who's putting together the will. But all three of these kids, we see later on, they grow up and become part of this mish- mishmash of, like, uh, friends and associates. Yeah, it's like a little island of misfit kids don't have parents or something. Or don't have full sets I of parents. I won't grow up. I won't grow up. <laughs> They don't have full sets of parents. Um, but yeah, so after after our uh, our little New Year's Eve party, we flash forward to about 10 years later, I believe. Uh, and we're coming up on World War II. There's lots of talk about Hitler. Um, and we see a debate club with a lot of white dudes talking about whether women can do stuff yeah. best. My favorite. Yeah. I this scene started and I'm like, ooh, Melissa gonna go off about I mean, this scene. Like, what can really be said about this scene other than, like, it's ridiculous. It's absolutely absurd, and uh, it's a whole bunch of men talking about what women can do. It's you know, it's not like, only that, but it's the gentleman Andrew, Mister Andrew Bush. As it were, not gonna do it. Opens up his debate talking about how no one in that room would care whether it's gender, color, religion, or creed. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> everyone treats everyone with respect. And I was like, sir, do you watch this program? <laughs> <laughs> do we all yeah. like do we all watch Agatha Christie's Poirot? Because I can unequivocally <laughs> state that women and people of color are treated rather poorly. <laughs> it's it's like uh, everyone right to- now saying uh the whole argument of like, we don't have a race problem in this country. Yeah. I was going to say, like, I don't know if you know this, Tyler, uh, but, you know, all race relation issues ended when we freed the slaves. Like, (laughs) since then, we've been 100% fine. Uh, uh, I don't know uh, if you know this. No. Barack Obama (laughs) was our reparation. That's right. Barack Obama. (laughs) We can't be a racist country. We had a black president. Uh. (laughs) Y'all got reparations vis-a-vis drone strikes. Oh, boy. <laughs> that was in my draft, and at the secret black people meeting, they told me to take it out. So, yeah. Uh, so, Andrew is of the mind of sexism and racism don't exist. Okay, boomer. And... Uh, <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> he's a boomer before the war even happens. Yeah. Uh, uh, and then you see that, like, Violet somehow knows Poirot. Uh, it doesn't matter why. And she has been waiting for them, uh, for Poirot and Hastings, but they're, like, in traffic. And so they eventually get there. They've missed Andrew's speech, but they get in and in time to see uh, Robert give his speech, which is actually much better. Um but then, you know, everyone says, Andrew won. There's this whole, you know, excitement. And then Violet from the gallery, you know, standing up because the women can't be among the men. More like scream- a peanut gallery, am I right? Yeah. <laughs> she she starts yelling at them about how, uh, how they're all misogynists and women are yeah. completely capable of doing stuff. And then, you know, there's this whole thing. But she's awesome. Anyway. Uh, so we get to the hallway afterwards. <laughs> We're downstairs. What? I'm so sorry about that scene. Is she starts she starts yelling. And they go, if this disturbance does not stop, I will have it removed from this building. And it's like, damn, you cannot. That is so cold-blooded but it is like this whole like it, it is like a almost a courtroom thing of like oh no <laughs> like it's very a very whenever there's a hooboob in a in a in mm-hmm. any sort of court scene it's always fun oh yeah but they're at, he's at some university um queen's university cambridge university? i don't know anyway a university in england there's, um, oh, there are only the two. I don't know if you know that. That's true. It was also eaten. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so <laughs> then Andrew is like, oh, hello, Poirot and Hastings. Great. Can you want you want to come out to my estate in the country and hang out for a little while, as people did back then, which is very nice. Um, and they're like, yeah, sure. We'll go out mm-hmm. and have have picturesque uh luncheons outside uh, among the flowers and the trees. Yeah, because Poirot knows this old man. Is this the, the old man's name is Mr. Marsh. Mm-hmm. Right, Andrew Marsh. No, oh, it's Marsh, okay. not Bush. Mm-hmm. Okay. I knew it had some types of foliage and shrubbery. Mm-hmm. A shrubbery. <laughs> yes. Uh, okay, I wasn't sure of his first name, so I was like, is Andrew the little boy? Is Andrew... What is Andrew? But anyway, so yeah, glad I got that cleared up for me. So they go to the estate. It's a beautiful estate, by the way. It's really pretty. Looks real nice right about now. Um, and so they're they're sitting out having a beautiful lunch or tea or something English. And Andrew, yeah, no, Marsh is rather mellow. Yeah. Excited up there. Not a peep out of you. <laughs> I'm a whore. You'll get roasted. Nice. If you do some more. Oh, okay. Oh. You got me. But um, yeah, we're having this lunch. And I don't remember exactly what prompted it, but Andrew and Bobby back at it again. Couldn't leave their debate caps off for too long that's a thing <laughs> yes yes <laughs> and uh robert like the petulant child he is gets up from the table and storms off mm. and then mm-hmm. um violet goes after him yeah they're talking about the will again is is what's happening and andrew's like uh, okay. yeah i'm gonna change the will uh tonight i think and Robert's like, hey, you should probably add Violet to it. And then for some reason, Andrew starts arguing with him. And yeah, uh, exactly. They He storms off. And um, then Violet's like, hey, Robert, it's okay. He's just an old guy. I mean, what are you going to do? And they seem very cozy, like they're an item, mm-hmm. which is why I was initially confused about 
their upbringing because I'm like, they're not related, are they? Please. I mean, even still, that may not have been a problem for this particular group of people at this time. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to put that out there. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they definitely, cousins were not as much of a problem, but brother and sister might have been. But, you know, we don't. We don't yeah, want to hop I feel like they were definitely situation. like raised as like siblings or like very close cousins, but it mm-hmm. was stated that she is his ward, like, um, in that right. he is like her guardian. But um, from there, it's nighttime. Oh, this actually isn't important. So sorry, uh, young soldier uh, Peter. Peter's been a young soldier, and he he comes back. Uh, the other kid. So all the oh. the three kids are. Yeah, the three Pita. kids are at home now. Pita, yes, Pita. They're, all, <laughs> they're all home now. But yes, now yeah. it's night. Now it's nighttime. Mister Marsh comes into Poirot's bedroom, and he's like, "Well, I'm dying." And Poirot is like, "Oh no!" <laughs> and he's like, "I'm leaving everything to Violet in this new will," and he's like okay why are you telling me this and he's like i want you to be the officiant to be the witness and he's like i would gladly do this because they're old buddies um and then he gets a phone call Mm -hmm. and then he's like at who's calling at this hour and then we see him go really now and then he leaves for this like i can't remember what what structure how what they call it it has a real essentially a stable yeah, it's some sort of weird, fancy-looking thing. Yeah, it's um, like a stone. Um, there's a building, and it has like a stone facade, and like it, it. There's like a covered. It looks like a little, you know, cave has been carved out of the building. Mm-hmm. I can't think of the proper word for anything right now. And an alcove. An alcove, and there's like a bench in it. It looks very creepy. It's like yeah. if. If you were going to go out at night and encounter a ghost, that's where it would be. Or if you're going to go out at night and encounter a murderer, probably also there. And <clears throat> turns out that's more or less what happens. Um, we cut to the next day and Mr. Marsh is deceased. Uh, the sergeant's like, he died of natural causes, it looks like. I can find no evidence. And Poirot's like, well, let me look. And he's like, dang. Yeah. Nor I, but something doesn't feel right about this, so he begins to investigate. Right. But the doctor who, in the original will, is, <sighs> was going Richard. to... Yes. And he looks like a character from um, the Disney mist- The Wind in the Willows. Um, the the tall, like the mole? Not the mole. Uh, I don't know the, her. The rat. I have... I have no, no idea what you're talking about. Oh, I know what you're I know what you're talking about. Yeah, he looks like the rat, I believe, or the mouse from Wind in the Willows. Um, I think we I don't know. Some sort of animal. I, th- uh, I think he is a mole. Yes. Eerie. Mr. Toad is a mole, but it's one of his buddies that I'm thinking of. Okay, then I'm thinking about somebody else. But he also looks like from also Disney's Atlantis. Mm. He looks like the guy that liked to blow things up. I haven't With seen the Atlantis. Mustache. Oh yeah, oh. you haven't seen Atlantis. You should. Correct. Yeah. Oh, shining gem in that period of Disney films. Yeah, Chris yeah. Summers, on point as always. I do have to see that. I uh, but yeah, the biggest crush on the the demolitions expert in in that film growing up. Fantastic. That tracks. Yeah. Yeah. Short and I, spunky. Yeah. Uh. I love a thick woman that almost look is most definitely a lesbian. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, so Violet, yes, uh, Violet and Hastings are the ones that discover the body. Um, but yes, the doctor has said that uh, we know it is known that he was going to get all the money in the will, and uh, he's like very quick to be like, oh, died of heart failure and done. No need for an autopsy. Everything's fine. And that's mm-hmm. part of why Poirot's like, uh, um, so yeah, looks very suspicious because if the doctor knew that Poirot was going to change his will, then there's motive right there. Um, yeah. 
But so they all decide that they're under the weird extenuating circumstances. They're all going to grab grab that will and do a reading of it before the uh, funeral happens. Uh, and they all convene and for some reason have not checked to see if the will, you know, like they don't get it out beforehand. Um, We've all guess, been there. Well, I mean, I guess, yeah. To be fair, though, like... <clears throat> How often would you, like, check for your will to make sure it's in the spot where it's supposed to be? That's a good point. Yes. Yeah. I also did completely forget the title of this episode for some reason <laughs> as I was watching it. And so <laughs> I was pretty surprised when they opened it and the will wasn't there. Oh. <laughs> you know, it's easy to forget, you know? It's, it's a missing will. Unlike yellow irises where we had yellow Thank irises you. in every scene. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, oh, boy. So there's a whole kerfuffle because the will is missing. Um, but after that uh, whole whole debacle happens, the doctor tells Poirot he thought that Andrew had a son. Yes, an illegitimate son, as it right. were. Yeah. Um, so maybe... So basically, find the son, find the killer is the philosophy mm-hmm. we're going with. Yep. Um, and so Poirot goes to investigate the groundskeeper um, because she is a son, Pita. Um, and he's like, "Were you? You were very close, right?" And she's like, "Yes." And he insinuates that Peter is is Mister Marsh's son, and almost gets hit by a shovel uh, from. <laughs> From her husband, who just full on is about to whack Poirot in the face with a shovel, and Hastings has to stop him. Yeah, because he gets funny. offended. Uh, but it turns out that they emigrated from Australia because Mr. Marsh was in Australia for a while and um, brought them along with. Uh, but uh, and Peter has a very funny moment where he's like, he goes, "Shut up, Dad! If I can get some money out of this, I'd love it." <laughs> Basically. <laughs> I mean, and but he's he, not um, wrong. Yeah, not at all. <laughs> and, you know, because, you know, money is everything, it turns out. If we learned one thing from Woman in White, it's money is everything. Um, if it's one thing I learned from that- rap music, it's all about cream. Cash rules <laughs> everything around me. <laughs> um, and the 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 groundskeeper is like, well, he was... Um, Mr. Marsh went away, and so he was born during that time, so couldn't he was conceived during that time, couldn't possibly be his son, now could it? And they're like, okay. Um, but the husband is also apparently the, the sergeant around town. And yeah. so yeah. And he's kind of impeding the investigation. And so, yes. Poirot is like, I will have to go above your head. And then it cuts to a car rolling up. And I literally went, Jap! Uh, it, it, yeah, in my notes, I have Jap with like five exclamation points. <laughs> he just rolls up and he gets this great like hero shot introduction. He opens the car and he's like, and I'm here. It's so good. <laughs> we need a music drop for Jap showing up. <laughs> I think y'all know what it is. The theme song to just Jap? You know yes. it. Yes. Get a remix, a dubstep version of Just Jap. Perfect, Tristan. I'll be expecting that by next week. Oh, <laughs> I will disappoint you. <laughs> <laughs> um, Coming up next on number four, it's the theme song from Just Jap. And then afterwards, uh, Scruff McGruff's I-, I-, I Got a Girl. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Okay, uh, so Jap uh, goes to the murder scene and immediately finds a little vial uh, of, you know, some substance that they haven't identified yet. And he's like, hey, what's this? This seems suspicious. And everyone's like, that wasn't there, I swear. He's like, well, uh, all right, I found it real easy. So, yeah. um, Which is, so, is really cool. <laughs> yeah, it's really funny. Um so it's later it's later revealed that like 
it wasn't there before and it, yeah, was, it was planted then planted there like of course but it's it was fun it's yeah. funny it's uh, a so Jap does a little bit of investigating turns out it's insulin um so he and like he has like a prick like a needle prick in him um mm. andrew so yeah. clearly that's that is how he was killed yes and and it's funny that oh go ahead no and it's funny that the vial was found in the walls because that's insulation not insulin oh boy (laughs) Uh uh-huh uh-huh oh boy uh okay so there was another important thing though in that scene great and that is um poirot is like well dr pritchard was on uh on site and and jap goes Pritchard. Oh. And he's like, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes, well, don't tell every, anyone I'm in the neighborhood, okay? And Poir is like, all right, okay. And then he sends the, the vial with, this, with one of the bobbies to get it analyzed. Right. So mm-hmm. after all that analysis, uh, Jap rolls up uh, and surprises Dr. Pritchard and Poirot and everybody and is like... At the funeral. Yeah, at the funeral. And we I... get the dopest remix of the theme done on a pipe organ. It slaps so hard. <laughs> it's the dopest. I got, ah, uh, I was absolutely stoked. Amazing. Um, so Jap knows Pritchard because he used to be kind of a, of a bit of a Kevorkian, if you will. He would help with assisted suicide, mm. um, which Jap clearly does not approve of. And uh, yeah, so that's an interesting, interesting opinion for him to have. Um, yeah, I definitely feel like Jap would have voted for Brexit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. No, that like I'm not saying that he's a bad person. I just think that he would make a bad choice. Yeah, I think a lot As, of people. You know, somebody who's from outside the country looking in. Mm-hmm. I'm not there. Right. <laughs> You're not there to know exactly what this fictional character yeah. would have done. Yeah, it's also uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think Hastings would have as well because he's oh, for very sure. yes, definitely. Um I think also, well, obviously Poirot couldn't, but I think Poirot might have had the, uh, like, fine, <laughs> you British people do whatever you want. I'm going back home. Yes. I think Mrs. Lemon would have voted against. Yes, Agreed. I agree. Yeah. Agreed. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Poirot would think it's stupid, but, you know. He's like, what can I do? I have no power here. I cannot vote. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> I go back home to Belgium. I'm going to go grow oh, yeah, vegetable yeah, marrow. Good ones, Paro. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically half of this series. Oh is my them god! Going, you ain't so bad. Yep. <laughs> so uh, yes. So Jap arrests uh, Doctor Pritchard. Basically, um, Pritchard. Okay. Excuse me. Uh huh. And uh, basically saying, yeah, turns out, looks like you're up to your old tricks now, aren't you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Done and dusted. Never gets more complicated than this. Yep. We're at 35 minutes. I think I've solved it. The rest is us having tea. <laughs> yeah. So, exactly. Uh, so, Poirot's like, ah, seems wrong. Um, so, we're still looking into the, oh. the baby bit. Mm-hmm. He has this really great line. I can't remember what exactly it is, but he's like, you know, patience is a virtue. Sometimes it just takes a little while to get a, get my man. And he's like, he does this like over the shoulder looking at Poirot. It's very good. He's oh, like, yeah. Because once again, going back to the Just Jap thing, he is in like a completely different TV series in his <laughs> mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which yeah. I adore about this man. Because I'm like... Unfortunately, once again, we only see him when Poirot and he collaborate because I'm sure he's a very fine detective outside of these cases. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'd love to see how well he does 
without Poirot. Like, it, it, just for some reason, if this little Belgian man is around, he can't solve a case. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because he is chief inspector, so one would assume that he inspects well. Right. Well, not necessarily. <laughs> I mean, we see how quick he is to jump to conclusions. I feel like there was just like a lot of wrongful imprisonment at the hands of Jap. That's the uh, concern. Yeah. That is the concern. Uh, there is a lot of wrongful imprisonment, and then, like, he gets set free, <laughs> though, the person we, in the series, yes. that is to say. So maybe you are right, but I just want to, once again, I just want that TV series just to see what it's like. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can have another spinoff called The Exonerated, and it's all the people that he put in prison. <laughs> <laughs> that are out because of insufficient and evidence. And then they all come together and murder him. And then Paul Rose solves it. And then Paul Rose then, solves it. And then it's like, oh, I kind of get it. Oh, well. <laughs> like he thinks in- his mustache is so better than mine. <laughs> <laughs> Up with this Poirot will not put... Anyhow, um, <laughs> um, I believe the next scene is like, he's like, Poro's like, still there is this baby thing going on in my mind. So they're at uh, Poro's office and Violet yes. and Robert roll in and say, hey, we're going to go to America. Peace. Yeah, because Violet's like, well, they treat women equally there. And I laughed. Yeah, yeah. I'm so um, sorry, Violet. <laughs> but there's a beautiful scene. Uh, uh, like Poirot and Hastings are like going back and forth and like it's got to be this it's got to be this it can't be it just can't be this simple and uh, Jap is just sitting there like honestly when you two get backed into a corner it's no you just oh my god basically Poirot is like don't leave just yet uh please we're gonna figure out this will situation also Violet is graduating from Cambridge because she is the coolest um and Miss Campion always held, holds a ceremony for the women in the school because the school is like, yeah, okay. I mean, we are going to, I guess, let women in, but we're not going to give them a graduation ceremony. They can't come. Only men can come to the ceremony. So Miss Campion has her own for the ladies, um, which is extremely messed up. But anyway, um, Miss Campion's cool. Yeah, that they I mean, let like, people, I- women into Cambridge. Uh huh. Right. I mean, like, I get it, but like, I wish there wasn't a graduation ceremony. Period. It's just sitting and then walking across a stage and then leaving. It's just like, oh god, there's so many other things that I could be doing, like looking for a job with this useless degree. (laughs) I Uh, mean, that's fair. uh, uh, There's something that some there's something that can be said for ceremony, though, in certain cases. Um, and especially, yeah, I, I really respect this this thing that Miss Campion does because, like, it is a way to, you know, really commemorate in front of a lot of people these accomplishments. And especially for women at the time, you know, it was an even bigger deal uh, than it might be today. So uh, Poirot basically is like, hey, you don't want to miss that, do you? She's like, all right, fair. I guess not. Um, so they do stick around. Um, and then, uh, we see, at some point we see a meeting between, um, someone and, uh, uh, who, who gets shoved down the escalator? That's Mrs. Campion. Okay. Mrs. Campion. And she's like, I'm going to go speak to Poirot. She sounds exactly like Inspector Jap. Um, they're distant and, cousins. Yes, they're cousins, if you can believe. Uh, and that makes it okay. Their secret love. Um, no. Uh, <laughs> so uh, and then we see it's not Peter; it's the other boy, um, Robert. cheekbones, Robert, mm-hmm. um, who has expressed to somebody else that he thinks that he might be the son in question, and he just then he um, sees her say that, and then we have a very dramatic zoom. And then in the next scene, Mrs. Campion uh, gets shoved and takes a tumble down an escalator, goes to the hospital, and is concussed. Yes. Because our trio shows up, and they're like, we need to speak to her. And the doctor's like, I'm sorry, Mrs. Campion cannot 
be bothered because she has a concussion. And Miss Lemon is there too. And she goes, she's a miss, not a missus. Right. And then they're like, he's like, uh, uh, and they're like, what's going on? And it turns out that she had a baby. Yeah, he, back. he can tell that she gave birth via C-section, which I guess he didn't really need to re- reveal that part. But he can tell by examining her that she has had a, has had a baby in her life. Well, well to I'm, show that he's been decent. You know, he's not looking at her mm-hmm. bits. I guess. So then, you know, the whole suspicion is like, well, maybe the mother of this child in question of Andrew Marsh uh, is Miss Campion. They were pretty close, right? Um, so uh, we do get the ceremony for the the Cambridge degrees, and we get to see Violet get hers. It's very cool. Um, and then Poirot basically puts everything together. Yep, and so, we should take an ad break. Exactly. Hello, everyone. That's right. It's me, Morgan Freeman. Mm. We're... (laughs) Tyler, despite what Tyler's face suggests, it is truly me. I have a cold. And that's why I sound maybe a little different than you remember. In fact, my cold is so bad, I'm I'm gonna leave it to somebody else. My good friend, Werner Herzog. He's here to tell you all about the Scavengers Network. Yes, that is correct. I want to tell you all about uh, the Scavengers Network. It is a great combination of various forms of media spanning different narratives, including ghost things, haunted things that will bedraggle and scared your soul including spooky spouses and insanely haunted you can also listen to people thirst and get too horny about historical figures in historical hotties a very fun podcast that i would love to be featured on someday I can't wait to tell Whitney and Lindsay that uh, Werner Herzog wants to be on their podcast. Please. (laughs) Podcasting is a complicated profession. Wouldn't you agree? And with that, I am going to head back to my home and work on my next project. I'm going to pass it over to my friend David Lynch to talk about the merchandise Oh, boy. That you can purchase. (laughs) Hello, everyone. It's me, David Lynch, and not another person whose voice sounds almost exactly like, I'm I'm leaving. (laughs) This isn't working out. I'm going to, I'm going to pass it off to my friend, the ghost of Paul Lind. That's right. You can go to teespring.com and figure out if you want to order some merchandise to wear or drink from. It's fine. Just do whatever you want. I'm in hell! And before you go to hell, you can follow us on social media. At ADCPod is our handle on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook.com slash ADCPod will get you to our Facebook page. We also have a Facebook group that you can ask to join if you answer the questions. And that is called the Amateur Detective Club. Just give a little search for it and you'll find us. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. And if you're going to rate it, rate it five stars. And if you're not going to rate it five stars, uh, wait until you want to. Oh, um, hello. Oh, hello. Uh, I am Tyler Riley from the Amateur Detective Club. Oh, my goodness. Podcast. He's here. 
Um, I am here today to talk to you about a very exciting opportunity uh, for those of you with money, that is. Um, Amateur Detective Club has a p Patreon, and for as low as $1 a month, you can receive access to bonus episodes and content. Uh, for $3 a month, you can receive early access to the shows, plus the bonus episodes and content. That's pretty cool. Um, for $10 a month, you can place an ad for you or your business during the show. Probably the ad break. Definitely the ad break. Visit patreon.com slash ADC pod. I'm going to be spending so much time processing Tyler Riley's impression of Tyler Riley. You did a very good job, son. I'm very proud of you. As is required by law, we must say once an episode, but soup. Yeah. I'm going nah. to say it again because I enjoy it this time. Uh, mm -hmm. But soup. And let's get back to the show. So we've They're got, in a parlor. Yeah, we're in a parlor, and we get, weirdly, a parlor reveal. I, I can't believe how star-studded that uh, ad break was, though. I know, right? Yeah, we, wow. got, we got... We got Tyler Riley. Holy... Exactly. Holy crap. Well, you know, when you put Tyler Riley on the spot, you get what you get. Yeah, I know. It was beautiful. He did, did a fantastic job. And, uh, yes, so back in the parlor... We get a uh, a very fun death reenactment, um, and so he when they're showing, oh, yeah. yeah, when they're showing him being shot with the insulin, there's a really strange shot of like his hand in the foreground, like tensing up and shaking. It's really, really mystifying. Do you mean the murder? No, no, oh. yeah. Yeah, it's uh, Andrew. His you see his hand like for a good fifteen or twenty seconds, just shaking in the foreground mm. of the shot. It's really strange. And also um, the strength of that needle, because yeah, it has to go through, through two pieces of fabric and then break the skin. Well, as we all know, it takes less than a pound of pressure to break skin. Well, yes, but you also have a suit jacket. Probably a shirt underneath that, mm -hmm. and then skin. Yes, and then, I agree. You know, he's struggling against the person, so the fact that it doesn't break, I'm just saying, it's a very sturdy they needle. They don't make them like they used to. That's right. Cost too much to make them like they used to. Mm. Mm, big pharma at it again. Oh boy, cutting uh, corners where they shouldn't be. So. Uh, so Miss, uh, we do find out Poro has figured out very easily. Uh, Miss Lemon helps him that uh, that was a good sentence, me. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, they go to find records, and uh, Miss Lemon's pretty easily able to figure out who the child is. But Poro leaves it a mystery in this um, to see the reactions. So uh, it turns out Miss Campion is indeed the mother of this child. Uh, and so he accuses, Poirot accuses Robert, and then the nurse, whose name I have forgotten, what is it? Uh, are you talking about Mrs. Sidaway? Yes. Yes, the lawyer's wife. Yeah. Miss Sidaway, uh, who was a nurse for the kids uh, at one point, I believe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that kind of nurse. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, she uh, she gets very defensive and is like, uh, mm. Poirot, why are you accusing Robert? 
And Poirot's like, yeah, why am I accusing Robert, Mrs. Sidaway? Um, <laughs> and I, uh, they, he, she is Robert's mother, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mrs. Sidaway is Robert's mother. And she was very worried because she thought that Robert was going to be the heir in the new will. Uh, and she was worried about his safety, I believe. Um, so she took it upon herself to murder Andrew. We'd all been thinking it was a man this whole time, but it turns out a lady can put on a hat and a trench coat and do a murder too. Feminism. That's right. And if you're confused as to why she killed Andrew and then took the will in which Robert would have been given money, it's because she wanted him to have everything. A portion wasn't enough. Yeah. Even though he would have still been insanely rich. Yeah. It's really seems like a misdirected... uh bit of yeah. uh, anger there but you yeah. know people get real fired up about their kids speaking yeah. of kids uh it turns out violet was miss campion and andrew marsh's daughter after all so robert's been boning his half-sister oh. Oh, yeah, I guess that does make that true. Yep, see, this is why I was worried about it the whole time. Mm-hmm. God, I get worried if about incest. If you have that feeling in your stomach, you should always be worried, because that's most likely what's happening. Yeah, that, a... that, uh, that incest gut check is usually, usually incest spot on. Incest instinct. In- yes. Mm-hmm. New from Dior. Oh. I remember watching the movie Warcraft, which is oh. based on the um online video game world yeah. of warcraft and there's a brother and sister in that movie that have such so much tension so much sexual tension that they keep having to say and you're my brother yeah yes and you are my sister <laughs> like they yeah like the tension is so palpable between these two actors that they have to keep reminding people that they're brother and sister and it's not going to happen yeah there are a couple of uh characters in uh star trek picard who have a very who are brother and sister and it's like why am i picking up a sexy vibe between the two of you it's it's because mm. the actors are boning outside of the show not necessarily i mean maybe i don't are. know that's always my theory yeah, um, I'll go. I like two and a half, three. Fine episode. Um, I'll admit it. I was a bit distracted throughout because you know we got the the news, unfortunately, of uh, Chadwick Boseman's passing during this while I was watching it. So I was like a bit distracted at that time. So I don't think I can fully commit to it. Um, as far as adaptions from a short story, uh, decent from what I remember. It's a fine episode. Um, once again, the core cast of actors and characters are really what makes this episode work for me. Uh, I'm actually going to give it... Um, I watched this a little bit earlier in the evening, uh, fortunately, so I didn't have the same uh, experience that Tristan did uh, as far as news goes. But um, I actually thought it was pretty solid. I'm going to give it a four. Um, it was pretty easy to follow as uh you know plot lines go uh pretty intriguing clear message that actually didn't suck um and uh other than you know the whole incest thing uh yeah i I had a good time really liked liked watching it would recommend do you have something to add before I give mine? Yeah, do you mind if I make an addendum to mine? I'm going to give it a, 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 a three and a half because we do get this iconic scene of Poirot, Hastings, um, 
Mr. Marsh and Violet all speaking together of uh, them talking about women in business and um, and Mr. Marsh is like, what do you guys think? Because And Hastings goes, I don't really know any women. Oh, in business, I mean, which is a oh, very yeah. fun line. And then also, so they go, Mr. Marsh goes, ah, three against one. And Poirot's like, uh, no, 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 two against two. And that's a like an, uh, an iconic scene that floats around like the internet of Poirot sphere. So like, I'll have to give it like probably a four, sorry, a 3.5 or a four for that yeah. iconic moment. I give it a 2.5. I watched it on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was also distracted by other unfortunate news of this week. Yeah. Uh, with the death of Mr. Uh, not the death, thank goodness. Mm-hmm. The attempted murder of Mr. Blake. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, this episode happened. Uh, I didn't, you know, I didn't see the ending coming. I didn't see who the killer was. So that was like a nice twist or a surprise for me, rather. Um, But other than that, like, I just, I wasn't invested. Mm -hmm. But there was like enough about the episode and its structure for me to be like, this is a fine episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So right in the middle then. Yeah. Makes sense. What do we have coming up next week? Season five, episode five. The Adventure of the Italian Nobleman is oh, what it is called. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. I'm going to I'm gonna do an Italian accent. Oh, uh, God. You know it. You, you hear it every time. Poirot investigates a murder of an Italian count who's uh, also the employer of Miss Lemon's new boyfriend. Ooh. He soon learns that the victim was being targeted by a blackmailer. That's the Sorry, synopsis. A black male or blackmailer? Uh, that ending Hardly dropped. nowhere. A blackmailer is okay, what it says. Okay, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yes, so this is fun. It is a an adaptation of a short story, of course. Um, but Miss Lemon, who is not as far as I know, a character in any of uh, Agatha Christie's writings um, has been integrated into this plot line. So that'll be interesting to yeah to see. I um, love a boyfriend for our girl, Miss Lemon. Yeah, I know. I was I was starting to to wonder if uh, if maybe she uh, you know, had other interests than men. Yeah, like collecting stamps yeah and the occult which (laughs) typical millennial (laughs) i now call this meeting of the amateur detective club to a close gavel sound i want to see the baby oh